Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Bleachers. My name is Samantha. I have my co-host Jocelyn with me. Hey. How are we doing? Good. It's a sunny day out here. So how's the weather over by you? It's hot out here. But like we said but last week, that just means that the season is off and going on a great start. Absolutely. It is hot and it is all the way up right now. I'm super excited <laughs> for today's episode. I'm so happy. Well, since you're all the way up, go ahead and share your highlight for the week. Okay. Well, first of all, I know all of you may be thinking, oh, Jocelyn is going to talk about Destiny Henderson and her remarkable game against the Dallas Wings, helping close a 17-point lead because girl was balling. Okay, like I just have to say this really quick. She brought the spark off the bench for the Sparks, pun all the way intended. I mean, I'll just quickly say, Anything is possible when Destiny Henderson is in her bag. That's all I gotta say. Listen, the LA Park Sparks protected their home court this past Saturday with a 76-74 victory over the Dallas Wings. So congratulations, young buck. You did your thing. But again, did y'all expect anything else or anything less? No. But anyway, my true highlight is uh for this episode actually is this happened this past uh wednesday in the matchup between the wings and the atlanta dream this game sam it set the WNBA record for the most technical fouls in the game with with 10 being thrown out 10 child 10 <laughs> what was going on i feel like the referees were probably like a little upset and like maybe they had like maybe they didn't eat enough before like they was probably a little hangry one of them was a little hangry and i won't name no names but it just felt like there was some kind of like animosity there but anyway um the game set the record like i said and there was five so so let me break down the actual technical fouls so there were five the technical fouls were defensive three second uh three second calls four by the Dream and then one by the Wings. And then there was one technical that was for delay of the game. That was from the Wings. And then there were four individual technicals all against Dallas. And even the coach, Miss Latricia, for the Wings, she got one too. <laughs> but the real thing was, I thought that was really strange to me, Sam, was when Arike's, Arike Gumbawale, she was handed a double technical foul while on the bench too. And it was only like, one sec one minute and 42 seconds left in the fourth quarter so it was like kind of like unnecessary like we don't even have that much game left the 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 wings were up 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 they were all the way up so it didn't really make any sense but i mean she definitely got called for it and she went out like i guess in style off the court as some people have been saying because she, you know, got the crowd hyped and all that stuff. And uh, she ended up signing a, a autograph for before she went to the locker room. And I'm just kind of like, wait, do you know, like, what the actual fine is for, like, getting ejected and all that? Because she did it all willy-nilly. And even one of the commentators was like, oh, well, I guess you have enough money to be, you know, kind of like making that kind of a big debacle after leaving the court. She's like, not everybody can do that. <laughs> 
And I was like, dang. So I do wonder how much, because I remember like back in like, I think it was like 2016, there were teams at the Atlanta Dream actually and the New York Liberty at the time, they had, uh, they I think they wore black warm-up suits uh, in solitude for like the shootings that happened that, back then and they got fined and then the WNBA rescinded them, rescinded it. But it was like a 5K fine for each team and then $500 they had to play otherwise. But I looked at the rule book and back then, it's like a $200 fee for just a uniform violation, which is like weird to me. So I wonder how much it is like when you actually get ejected. But anyway, I mean, what did you think? Did you think that it was like her going out in style, first of all? And like, how did you feel about Arike getting ejected? Did you think it was uncalled for? I definitely think it was a little bit of a cocky move to go ahead and sign that uh, autograph as she was walking through the tunnel. Absolutely. But I, did we really actually get an explanation as to like why she got the technicals? She was on the bench and the camera didn't really show like too much because obviously like they were showing the game that was going on. So mm-hmm. we didn't get to see on camera like I don't know if she was making some sort of like gesture or maybe she threw out an inappropriate you know word or something from the bench. Like I don't know. But Arike looked kind of confused. I don't know if she was confused because somebody actually heard something or maybe somebody thought they heard something, but I was kind of confused the whole time as to where the tech even came from. I mean, it definitely was a lot of technicals going on throughout that game. I was very shocked when coach uh, Latricia Tramble got one because even though, you know, the coaches are definitely very, you know, animated on the sidelines, she's definitely one of the more quote unquote, like mild mannered um, coaches, definitely a lot more chill. And she has WNBA coaching experience, you know, so she knows what is and isn't going to fly on the sidelines. Um, not to say that you can't get attacked anyway because you can at any moment, but I was definitely shocked by the Enrique one and looking for a little bit of an explanation that I didn't really get. So I think that was the most shocking thing um, for me. I also think that defensive three-second calls um, – a lot of times when you get that one call, it kind of leads to a downward spiral of like other calls. Cause I definitely feel like it just kind of throws you off your game a little bit because yeah. it's like you're in this defensive mode and all of a sudden it's like whistle blows, stop the game, like shoot the shots. And then it's like, now we have to go back into that mind space. Mm-hmm. And so I could definitely see like it happening over the course of, you know, the game several times because it just completely disrupts your flow. Yeah. It does. I, I think it does just kind of like stop the, sw- the swing of things and like like you said, the flow and how smooth everything is running in the game. And Arike in, in the post-game press conference, she went on record to say, um, I don't know how, how much I can even say. She was like, I just feel like all around from top to bottom coaches, refs, everybody just needs to be able to control their emotions. And she's like, everybody's going to be emotional in the game. And I just feel like everybody's got to learn how to control their emotions. So I'm I'm like, listen, cue up Destiny's Child emotions because it's, <laughs> it's simply just emotions taking over for them, okay? For sure. And I definitely think Arike is an easy target because she's been known to spew out a word or two and get herself into a little bit of trouble during the game. And maybe not even technicals, but sometimes warnings. We see her being a little bit hot 
in the heat of emotions on the bench at times, which is normal. It's competition, you know, but I think that when you are sort of a bigger personality and you're a bigger name within the game, um, they definitely see you as, you know, a little bit more of a target than if you were more mild mannered or, you know, not as flashy of a player. Right, you're not one that everybody's going to call on and stuff like that. I think it was kind of a showboaty move from the refs, honestly, too, in my opinion. I think that it was a little uncalled for, you know, and it was so – it was literally the end of the game. Like, guy, he was – he was. I just felt like it was like – you know, like how class clowns basically get called out in class over the intercom to go to the principal office? I feel like it was giving, like, <laughs> <she> was <called laughs> the loudspeaker because even, like – uh, whatever the guy or the commentators or the DJ was like, oh, looks like uh, Enrique Gumawale is ejected. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> she didn't even know why she was getting ejected. I don't think <laughs> the ref even knows why he ejected her. He was just like, get her out of here. She can go. But it's, I don't know. Her her giving the autograph at the end was kind of like, she didn't really care. And obviously she had the money for whatever that commentator was. I said it because she did it. So I don't know. It's just interesting around like what gets fine and what really calls for an ejection. I, I didn't understand it either. And I don't think none of us will, but they won that game. So who really cares at the end of the day? But anyway, <laughs> that was my highlight <laughs> for this episode. <laughs> What's your so, so my highlight of the episode is a rather unfortunate one. Um, Brianna Jones, seven year vet out of Maryland, um, tore her Achilles on the June 20th game against the Seattle Storm, which unfortunately is a season-ending injury. It was a, also a non-contact injury with only a minute and five seconds left in the game. And for those of us that watched the game, we saw her fall to the ground and immediately grab around her ankle, which is never a good sign. She couldn't put any weight on it. She had to be helped off the floor. Um, and so it was really a devastating loss. And so as I was reading like her stats, I wanted to get a better understanding of just how significant Bree Jones is to the Connecticut Sun. So in 2002, just mm -hmm. last season, she played all 36 games off the bench, uh, gave 25 minutes, averaged 13.8 points, five rebounds and one assist. In the 13 games she has played in this season as a part of the starting five, since John Paul Jones has now moved on to the New York Liberty, she upped her average to now 32 minutes, 15.9 points, eight rebounds, and 2.4 assists. So she has not only increased her time on the court, but she has increased on every number in the stat sheet. She has increased the number of points off of turnovers. She's nearly doubled her second chance points and increased her points in the paint. So when we're talking about a significant loss for the Connecticut Sun, she is such a significant Ooh. loss. Thank and you. so it really hurts, especially because Connecticut is right now in top contention for knocking the Las Vegas Aces off their championship throne. They've done so well. They've only lost, what is it, two or three games this season mm -hmm. so far. Three. And, yeah. you know, they have a new coach, but the same core players. And I think the biggest 
loss we're going to feel is in the paint. There's only one other big that plays like that center position. And that is sophomore player, Olivia Nelson, Adota, who's actually in her first season in Connecticut. We also have Dewana Bonner, who is a big, she's 6'4", but she plays more of the guard forward position. You rarely will ever see her as that four to five position. Um, so when we're talking dominating the paint, you know, we're really, you know, having a huge loss with losing Brianna Jones. And I'm really scared for what that means for um, the Connecticut Sun, especially considering that, you know, it's going to put a lot more pressure on Alyssa Thomas, Dewana Bonner to really, you know, will this team through the season and who knows how that's going to look after 40 games. What do you think, Jocelyn? I mean, it's it's a big blow. As you said, she's a huge contributor, especially on the rebounds side, and she's a big force down low. So like you said, I, I can't see Dewana Bonner getting down there, banged up and pushed around. <laughs> like, you know, she clearly has a game, and we saw against the Aces that game where she had her career high where you know where she really dwelt like where she's really great where she excels at and it's not down there in the paint yeah I mean listen there's gonna have to be somebody stepping up and I'm I felt so bad even uh Heidemann looked at her and she just could only just shake her head and kind of like put her hands in her face her face in her hands rather because it's a t- it's a tough it's a tough break, and you already know they're at the top right now in the Eastern Conference. They're leading, so who knows what this can bring? I, I feel like it scares me when a big key player gets hurt because sometimes I feel like other players just feel the need that they have to put in more work, give more, and sometimes that leads to injuries. So I'm just praying that there's no more injuries on the Connecticut Sun side and they figure a way to rally together and, and find a way to like fill that huge void because you're talking about points off the board. You're talking about rebounds, assists even. It's, it blocks all that good stuff. You're, you're, just, you're taking that away from, from uh, Connecticut. And they're a great defensive team, especially down low. So – uh, you know, leaving like having Jones out off the picture, out of the picture rather, is just it's a it's a tough one to swallow. But Connecticut, they're a great team, and I don't think that they just put everything. I think they're one of those teams that they really have everybody in in cohesion with what the the game plan is. When you take that puzzle piece out, they do have to find a way to rally together and figure out what's the new next step for them. But I think they can do it. It's just. How soon can they do it? <laughs> yeah. And let's not forget that Bree Jones is the reigning sixth woman of the year. And in the game against Seattle, when she got injured, she played 30 minutes, had 13 points, four rebounds, and three assists. So she wasn't playing any differently than she would have played any other game. She was right on target with her stats and her minutes. So such a huge loss for that team. And like you said, when you're missing such a huge puzzle piece, we just hope that the other players don't sustain any injuries as a result of having to make some adjustments. Yep. Yep. So we'll see, you know, fingers crossed. I hope she gets well fast. That's one of those uh, injuries that a lot of people like even playing intramurals. I've noticed that like, it's kind of like the, the at-home athlete that, like, you know, like, they get that kind of injury. And it, it was sad. Like, there was no contact. I remember her going down. I'm just like, oh, man. 
man, that's got to be tough. But at the end of the day, you know, they'll figure it out. They're a veteran team. They know how to win and they know how to play together. That chemistry is there. And I think if anything, they have something more now to fight for. So if they put their energy and look at it that way, I think they'll come out on top and we'll see them in the playoffs. I think so too. Well, the biggest hot topic for the week, it is Sunday, June 25th, and we officially have the names of the people that are going to be starting at the All-Star game. Sure do. That is a huge deal. We're going to get into it because it was just announced earlier today, and we are so excited to start talking about who we're excited to see, and also who are some of the players that we want to see on the bench. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming straight so on. Take yep. us through who some of these people are that are going to be in this starting lineup for the All-Star game. All right, so I'll give you the first four. I'll say we got Chelsea Gray. We already know she's an aces point guard. And how could she not be on on the uh, on the court for All Star Weekend? Honestly, I really think that like her, all of her highlights are going to be highlighted in this game. I hope that she plays to her strengths of all those no look passes and all that. You know, she's going to have a couple of her you know starting five in this All Star starting five. <laughs> so I think. First of all, not fair. But second of all, I'm super excited and happy for for what's to come. Um, Jewel Lloyd, listen, need I say more? Like, again, she's she's got that mama mentality. She's going to be out here playing her hardest, her best. And it's going to be so much fun to watch her. I, I really like All-Star Weekend and just like the All-Star Games because this is when, like, these players can just be free and kind of show you. They kind of be a little showy, a little more showboaty. Chelsea Gray is already like that, so I just think it's going to be on another level now. But uh, then you have Arike, Arike Gumbawale. Come on. I mean, she's going to be shooting the lights out, I'm sure. Now, if they connect, I'm really excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that just, you know, like, you know, it's a it's a stage that is kind of braggadocious. So you, you want to play your best game. But I think because it's so much fun going into it that, like, they won't really, you know, they won't really take it to heart. So I think that kind of does bring out your best game when you're just really playing for fun and it's not like the titles on the line or my, you know, the standings and all that stuff. I think it's just, let's see how much fun we can have. And then the last- bragging rights are on the line. Exactly. It's bragging rights. <laughs> We're going to be talking about it for the remainder of the season. Like, remember that time when I broke your ankles, shot right in your face? You know, like, I think that's, it's going to bring for a lot of that, a lot of nice highlight reels. And then obviously Jackie Young, who's a freaking dog. I mean, she, she is so unmatched when it comes to like off the dribble, stop and pops, three point shots. She's so much fun to watch, period, in, like, regular uh, season games. So I can't wait to see her play um, for the All-Star game. Those are some great guards we have there. But let's get into these bigs, because I know we have a few bigs that we have been shouting out here on our podcast, some other ones that we are excited to see. And I'm going to start with our favorite rookie, Aaliyah Boston. We all knew that she was going to be an all-star. When it came down to the voting, um, halfway through the voting period, she was already named the fourth most getter of votes. 
Um, rookie out of South Carolina, she's one of only a handful of rookies to actually play in an all-star game and an even smaller amount that's actually going to start in an all-star game. She is leading the rookies in minutes per game, points, rebounds. She's leading the league right now in her field goal percentage. So playing on this big stage, it's just going to be exciting for her. You know, she's already getting all the love from the league as a rookie. That's such a standout coming from such a prestigious program in South Carolina. And now to have her playing on this additional platform that's just supposed to be nothing but fun. It's going to be so exciting to see. And anyone that sees Aaliyah Boston knows that her personality is so infectious. We see on the court that she has this, like, dominant personality. But to see her, like, outside of on the court, she is such a bubbly personality. She's so personable. And so I'm excited to see the fun part of basketball come out of her. So that is the first person that we're excited to see. But also some other big names. We have Asia Wilson, reigning MVP, plays for Las Vegas Aces. All-Star Game is going to be in Vegas this year. So we're excited to see her leading um, vote getter for the All-Star Game. Second leading vote getter is Brianna Stewart from New York. We're excited to see her. Satu Sabali, a name that we have mentioned before as a, a person to look out for. She has been, um, had some seasons that were riddled with injury over the past couple of years, but she is healthy and good to go for this season. It has been looking great so far. We have the forever consistent Neka Ogumake, who is back for her eighth All-Star game. She's having an MVP-like season, so there is there was no doubt in my mind that she was going to make it on the All-Star roster and even being a starter. She's really willing LA and really trying to transform that team over there to hopefully get another championship soon. And last but not least, we can't forget BG, who missed the All-Star game last season due to her being stuck in Russia. She was an honorary All-Star but now she's back and in the starting lineup. She has been an all-star since her rookie season. She's been dominating so far, even though she's come back from some, you know, just athletic concerns with her trying to adjust back to playing basketball full-time after being away. But she has shown that she is unstoppable. She's a force. She sat out a few games from, for a hip injury, but she is back now and she's ready to rock and roll in this all-star game. So we are excited to see all of these players. A lot of these names we predicted as being starters. And so how you feeling? Like, I'm so ready to see a lot of these plays, especially these aces. We've got one, two, three aces in the starting lineup for the All-Star game. I wouldn't be surprised if Asia picks all of them, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Brianna Stewart slipped in and tried to steal one of them to try and switch things up a little bit. So what do you think, Jocelyn? It's going to be such an amazing game. I cannot wait for this. You know, you you made some great points. I think they're the best of the best right now in the WNBA, and I think they're on the on the court. And we're going to see some crazy, insane plays. We're going to see some super insane shots from all the way downtown. It's going to be so exciting. So I can't wait to watch it. But who do you think should be coming off the bench? Because we only know the starters. Who do you think should be coming off the bench? Well, we know that 50% of the voting comes from the fans. That's where the starting lineup comes from. And 25% 
of the votes come from the WNBA players and the other 25% comes from WNBA media. So when I'm trying to think like a player, like a media personnel, who is one person that I may be excited to see in this all-star game, I would have to go with Alicia Gray. She is having an all-star type season in Atlanta right now. She is playing like she's been playing in Atlanta for her entire life. And she kind of has. She's from Georgia. So that's her hometown. She got her home crowd with her every home game. And so she's definitely feeling comfortable. And she is definitely dominating in Atlanta and really showing her talent. She's showing her ability to draw chemistry with the rest of her team and she's really having an all-star standout season so that is one person that I would love to see and it would give her the opportunity to reconnect and potentially be on the same team again with Asia Wilson how could you not want that to happen again I don't know I could not wait for that duo to shine on the on the court I mean, because we already know that Chelsea Gray and Asia Wilson are a dynamic duo that we didn't know we needed until we got it, because I absolutely love it. But for the fact that, like, possibly uh, Alicia uh, Gray could be on the team, whoo, I think that would be so fun. And, you know, she gets buckets and she goes to the left. That's buckets right there. <laughs> so I would love to see buckets getting some buckets in the All-Star game. And um, let's not forget that even though they're former teammates, they are real-life best friends. Mm-hmm. So they have a chemistry that goes beyond the court, which makes me even more excited at that possibility. Yes, I can't wait. Yeah, that would be so awesome. I really hope that they pick her. Because she's definitely somebody that, you know, you definitely want to see. But I would have to say it's, she's not having the best season thus far. But Kalia Cooper, Copper rather, I would love to see her on the game, uh, on the court. Because she's just one of those players that's fun to watch. She's so acrobatic. She's, she brings so much to the game on the defensive end and as far as, like, you know, her steals. And when she's playing on offense, she's one of those players that can make some insane plays. So I would really love to see her coming off the bench and, and playing and showing what she's got because she has a lot to offer. And I think in this game, it could also boost up her confidence a bit more and get her playing, like, with more fun and more ease when she gets back in, you know, the regular regulation games. Because, yeah, there might be some challenges right now, but I still think that she's an excellent player and she can still do so many great things. And I think it'll just be so much fun for her to to play in an all-star game. I think so, too. I think that another person that deserves a nod at the all-star game when we're talking about, you know, those first-time opportunities, I think of a player like Natasha Cloud. Mm-hmm. Natasha Cloud has proven herself time and time again as a solid, reliable point guard. She is a true point guard through and through, but she just has a way about her, you know, where she knows her players, she knows the court, and she likes to have fun. You know, anyone that follows Natasha Cloud on Instagram that has had the opportunity to see her play live, even though she's such a competitive person and you can see that energy, you can also see that she's such a bubbly person that she loves to goof around and have fun. And, you know, the All-Stars is an environment where fun meets competition. 
And so I think when you're talking players that deserve to showcase their talents on that type of stage, I think that Natasha Cloud is the perfect person. Plus, I mean, she's with the Washington Mystics, and the Washington Mystics, you know, are just that team, at least in my opinion. They are that team, you know. And so there's a, a few different players on the Mystics that, you know, could potentially be all-stars this year, and I definitely think that Natasha Cloud is one of them. Yeah, I really – I mean, if you were to kind of stay with the Washington Mystics, even though I think you're a little biased there, <laughs> Just a little bit. Just a tad biased. But anyway, um, you know, Courtney Williams, right? Like, I think that – right? No? She plays for the – no? No, she plays for the sky. Oh, my gosh, she plays for the sky. Well, anyway, Courtney Williams I think is great because she did play with her in the other league. Um, that's not the WNBA. The league, what is it called? The Authentic Athletics. Athletic AU Pro Sports. There we go. So she played with her there. That's where I'm getting mixed up. But anyway, I think that Courtney Williams would be fun to play just because she's she's got like that kind of personality for like an all-star game performance. Because you again, you want it to be entertaining. The all-star game is supposed to be entertaining. So you want to get those entertaining players out there because again, we're on a big stage. It's the you know, it's an elite league, the WNBA. So anybody who's really out there is going to be awesome. But we need to get into, like, the post players. So my first post player coming off the bench, I think it needs to be Natasha Howard because she brings the funk. She brings rebounds. She can score. I mean, she's one of my favorite bigs, I have to say. And I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. But we'll hear about her a little later on in the episode from me. <laughs> Because I think that she's kind of slept on. She's playing for the Wings now. Um, she she's a three time champion. So I mean, I don't I don't think that she shouldn't be. And she's already been on that stage. You know, she's already been an All Star before. And I think she would just be excellent this year again. So I don't I don't see why she wouldn't be a contender off the bench um, in the game. What do you think? I think definitely for sure. A lot of people kind of sleep on Natasha Howard, and I think she's just one of those players that we've been able to see her growth and her progression over the course of the last several years. Um, She won a a ring with the Minnesota Lynx, and then she's won two with Seattle. And so we've definitely seen her growth and how integral she is to each team that she's played on. So I definitely think that that is an awesome pick for an all-star reserve. I think that if I'm considering bigs, another person that I would consider going back to my Washington Mystics is Shakira Austin. She is such a dominant player. And I think that she might actually be a top contender for the most improved player this year. She's just in her second year out of Ole Miss and she's putting up crazy numbers She has found her home in Washington and has developed such a great chemistry with um, Elena Deladon. And then I think as a byproduct, she's developed great chemistry with Cloud because Cloud and EDD have a great chemistry. And so the three of them together have created, I think, a nice core in Washington. I think that Shakira has grown significantly um, from her first season to her second season. And let not, let's not forget, she was a rookie starting for the Washington Mystics last season. So Mike Tebow, you know, before he retired as coach, he saw something in Shakira that now his son Eric Tebow, who's the head coach, also sees in Shakira. 
Um, and so her presence is greatly missed when she's not on the floor. Um, and so I think that she would be a great addition to the All-Star game. And let's give some of these younger players an opportunity to showcase their talents on in, in a different light. You know, we constantly see the same players over and over again. And that's fine. You know, they deserve their accolades, the the Brittany Griners and the Brianna Stewart's and you know, they deserve their accolades for as long as, you know, they're continuing to grow and succeed in the league. But I want to see some of these younger players who, you know, don't always get to have their name called out because of some of these bigger stars. I want to see them, you know, get their names called out as well. And so that's why I think it would be so significant to have someone like a Shakira Austin out there. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's great. And again, like going back to bringing in some rookies on the the court, I think that's a huge step. And I think it will bring in more people, right? Because a lot of people watch the NCAA and they, again, they follow a lot of those girls that are going to get drafted. I mean, some people were looking for, I think we talked about Alexis Morris coming in. When, before she was waived. So, you know, having rookies come in and, again, like Leah Boston, that's a huge name. That's going to bring in more viewership, and I love that. So bringing in more rookies, like you stated, could just be an extra addition to just more viewership for the WNBA, period. Because this all-star game is kind of huge. It's, it's huge for, for getting more fans in those seats and getting them to actually pick a team or just be excited about watching some players. So I think that's a great move in my in my opinion. Absolutely. I mean, I just think for as far as bigs too, you know, this was this was your uh, unsung hero at one point, Cheyenne Parker. I think she would be excellent off the bench. She would bring so much again personality and and just like so much aggression too. She's so athletic down low. I love how she her style of play. I think she would it it would be a great honor for her to just be on that stage too. And again, to show people what they can do. I think, you know, like you said, there's going to be people that uh, obviously we know they were going to be up there. Like a lot of these names, of course, they were going to be on the court as all-stars because it would be, you know, kind of like a shun against them if they weren't and like, okay, is there beef? But to have like some of these, these picks that we're choosing, I think it would just bring so much more delight to the game. And that's what we really want. You want to have an all-star game that's fun, that's entertaining, that you'll be talking about for ages to come. And I think, you know, putting different players on that, on that, on, you know, like on the teams would just really make a, a huge difference. Yeah. And let's not forget, we have all-star weekend. So we also now have the skills challenge and the three-point contest. I know a lot of times to save a little bit of money, the league likes to pick players that are already in the all-star game to compete in these other challenges. I don't necessarily like it because I feel like the league is so small. Why not bring in some other people and give them opportunities to showcase their talents? Like they may not be a popular vote for the all-star game, but they may shoot the lights off from the three-point line, you know? So if I'm thinking like players that I would love to see in like maybe a three-point contest or even a skills challenge, I'm immediately going to Kelsey Plum. You know, Kelsey Plum will shoot the lights out. 
And we know that she has had a little bit of a tough start this season. She wasn't really shooting that great, especially from the three. But Becky Hammond has constantly said over and over and over, like, just keep shooting. Like, I know it'll come back. I have the confidence that it'll come back. And Kelsey Plum has even acknowledged that, like, it was Becky's confidence in her that kept her encouraged even when she wasn't hitting those baskets that it will come. And when I tell you she is shooting the lights out now, it's borderline annoying. Because you'll have these other teams, and it's like, is Vegas going to lose? Like, this team is getting close. Like, it's it's a real tight game. And then all of a sudden, you'll have Kelsey Plum, like, raining threes. And so when I consider, like, players that I would love to see in, like, a three-point contest, think about, you know, skills challenges. Kelsey Plum is definitely one of them, especially since Allie Quigley had won the three-point contest, what, like, four years in a row? Yeah. She's not playing this season, so it's it's going to be great to see somebody new out there. And I think that Kelsey Plum should be first on the list. I love that. I, you're absolutely right. I think you know once she found her stride again, that stroke with that, but that three, it, it, she's nailing it. Another person that's good for that skills contest, I think, would be Lexi Brown. You know, like she's developed that that three again, and she's become reliable now. I think that she, like, you know, again, it can bring you that confidence when you're selected, even just being selected. I know it can bring on nerves, but, like, you also go, no, I does this. I can do this, and thank you for the nod, and I'm going to show out and show up and show out. So I think that it's going to even bring out, again, the best out of all these players when they are, you know, when they get picked and chosen for these certain skill sets that they so you know, amazingly can perform, I think that it can just also, again, help their game further on for the, you know, second half of the season. So, yeah, I, I love Kelsey, Kelsey Plum, and I think add Lexi Brown to that list. Lexi Brown is definitely a great pick. Um, when I'm thinking in terms of skills challenge, although this person is already in the all-star lineup, my first thought goes to Arike Agubawale. When you're talking somebody that knows how to handle the ball, knows how to shake and bake, knows how to pick and pop, like, she knows what she's doing. She handles the ball very well, and that is someone that I would love to see in the skills challenge. I mean, a lot of times when I think of skills challenges, I think of, you know, like, uh, you know, guards and all that. But just to shake it up a little bit, how about AT, Alyssa Thomas? Let's let's bring her into the skills because she again she's a forward that plays a forward that plays like a guard and I think she has a great skill set. We already know that her assists are insane. Her eye, her eyes for like the court, her court vision is just out of this world to me. So bringing her into a skills like contest, I think that that would be so cool to see her in that light, and we'll be surprised by what she could bring to it. So I I think that would be an awesome matchup. I definitely think so, too. I definitely think that if we're going to stay on Connecticut, another person that might be great for the three-point contest is Dewana Bonner. Dewana Bonner is definitely a big at 6'4", but she's very agile, and she has no problem shooting from the three. And all she needs is that spark of confidence in her. And she can just keep them going, keep them going, keep them going, keep them going. So when we're talking about someone that needs to consistently hit threes, I think Dewana Bonner is 
a great person to have on the three-point contest but why not just have her as an all-star as well like she's such a dominant force with the Connecticut Sun I really think she's the glue that holds that team together and when you're talking about someone that is the glue of a team that is what I think of when I think all-star and so she deserves a nod as all-star. She deserves a nod at the three-point. And who knows? Maybe she may even be able to show off some of her skills in the skills challenge. She could. I was thinking about her, too, as a, a, a big guard. Um, also, I would have to say Marina Mabry for the Chicago Sky. I got that right this time. <laughs> I think she would be great as a three-point shooter uh, on that side because we all know that she's known for that. So to, you know, to go ahead and put her there in that spot to go, okay, well, are you the best? The best, madam. Let's see. And um, I think she's one of those players that's definitely going to rise to the occasion for sure. And it's just all fun and games too. So, you know, for her to get a nod in that regard, I think it'd be good for her. Her gameplay, especially being with the Chicago Sky now and finding her rhythm, I think a, a contest like that will help her keep that rhythm going and, and helps the sky out a little bit because they need it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> they need a little bit more love. <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. So I think that we have come up with a great list of people that we would love to see at All-Star Weekend. If you would like to share your list of people that you would love to get a nod at All-Star Weekend or people that have already been mentioned as All-Star starters that you cannot wait to see, you should send us a DM at beyondthebleachers underscore on Instagram and start a conversation. We want to know who your favorite players are and whether they made the all-star roster or you're hoping they'll make the all-star roster or maybe they'll be a part of one of the skills challenges throughout the weekend. Yeah, I think, come on, y'all. I know y'all have some other picks. Y'all might agree with us or disagree with us. And I'm pretty sure there's going to be some awesome mentions that we're going to be like, oh my gosh, I wish we had said that. But I'm super excited to see them, you know, cultivate this team, uh, these teams for the for the All-Star uh, weekend and, and see what they're going to bring up because I can't wait for it. And I can't wait to hear from y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close out this episode, let's talk a little bit like we always do about our breakout star of the week or our unsung hero, the player that we think deserves a little bit more love this week. For their play on the court, Jocelyn, who you got? Well, I'm going to give a little TLC today. My breakout star, unsung hero, has to be, and is going to, as I alluded to it a little earlier, like I said, Natasha Howard, number six and big time forward for the Dallas Wings. Okay, this season she's averaging 16 points, around like seven to eight rebounds and about one to two assists per game, but let's fly back in time to 2014 when the WNBA draft was held and she went as a first round fifth overall pick and she was picked up by the Indiana Fever. So again, it's just, it's funny how like just me thinking about back then and then now with Aaliyah Boston, I'm like, they got some really good rookie bigs. Like, you know, they have good eyes for them anyway. Uh, she stayed with them for a couple of years, averaging this decent minutes her, her rookie season. But um, if you look at her career stats, all her averages start to really increase just after her sophomore season. Because in 2016, she joined the Minnesota Lynx, where she doesn't know it yet, 
but she landed in the right place because just the next year in 2017, Howard became a WNBA champion for the first time, y'all. Yes, it's a three-time champion we're talking about here. And Natasha Howard, I have to say you again, this veteran has been to the big show and won it three times. But really quick, I know y'all remember that dominating Minnesota Lynx team. Like that was a dynasty. They had our girl Howard, of course, and they had Maya Moore, Simone Augustus, Rebecca Brunson, Sylvia Fowles, Renee Montgomery, and Lindsay Whalen. Their team was stacked, girl. <laughs> but anyway, back to Natasha Howard. So in 2018, the Minnesota Lynx traded this amazing power forward. But, uh, but that was okay because she yet again moved to another great team, the Seattle Storm. So she started for the Storm and brought the Thunder and added another WNBA championship rank to her repertoire. I mean, come on. She went back to back. And it did it, did it on two separate teams. Like, that's so impressive. And, I mean, luck? I think not. Because the same year she was named WNBA Most Improved Player and WNBA All-Defensive First Team. She had a great 2018, to say the least. But that's not where it didn't stop there because in 2019, she still, uh, you know, was with the Storm and becomes a WNBA All-Star, makes the WNBA All-First Team and stacks WNBA Defensive Player of the Year. So come on, like, again, put some respect on Natasha Howard's name. And, oh, yeah, the very next year, 2020, you know, COVID season, she added a third ring to that finger. That's right. I mean, Seattle Storm won, and yet again, and Howard was a part of that dream team. I mean, she talked about picking the teams, but what's so crazy and weird to me is it seemed like right after each time she won a championship, she got traded, <laughs> which is, like, so wild to me. <laughs> like, what is up with that? But in 2021, uh, she lands in New York, where she stayed until last year, which marked another appearance for the WNBA All-Star for her. So I kind of think she's going to be here for 2023. But anyway, and now we know due to the trade of John Paul Jones and Kayla Thornton uh, to the New York Liberty, Howard is nesting quite well, I would add, uh, with the wings. So, I mean, it's all about Enrique. Let's not forget they have a three-time again WNBA champion on their team. And that powerhouse is Natasha Howard. So I love I love her. I, I want us to talk more about her. I think they do, but not to the extent that, you know, I think she should because she's one of those consistent players, especially now for the Wings. And she obviously knows how to win championships. So I think they need to continue to, to, to pour into her and give her great looks because she's putting up great stats for the Wings this year. That is a great pick. And honestly, Natasha Howard is always a sleeper, but she comes out on the court and just does her thing. She doesn't cause any drama. She just goes out on the court every time, gives her all. She doesn't, no muss, no fuss, no frills, no thrills. She's just consistent and does her job very well. So that is an excellent pick. Thank you. My pick, <laughs> my pick. <laughs> For breakout star of the week, sticking with the Connecticut Sun, is Alyssa Thomas. Alyssa Thomas has been playing for the Connecticut Sun since 2014, where she was the fourth round pick out of where? University of Maryland, once again, just like our girl Bree Jones. And this past week on June 20th, documented her third regular season triple-double 
also against the Seattle storm. So in the midst of some tragedy, we did have a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. She played 40 out of 40 minutes, had 13 points, 15 rebounds, and 12 assists. So she really proved once again that she can do it all on the floor. And she does it with two torn labrums in her shoulders that she refuses to get fixed, which is mind-boggling to me because she can't even raise her arms past her chin. Yet she's still able to be such a presence on the court. I just, I don't understand it. Like, she lives in pain. She knows she's in pain, but she also does not want to take the eight months it would require for her shoulders to heal and have to relearn her shot. So she just tells them, it's okay. As long as the shot's still going in, I'll take it. And so she's playing with two torn labrums and still dominating out on the court. And let's not forget that with her third career triple-double, she is tied with Candace Parker and Sabrina Ionescu for most uh, triple-doubles in WNBA history. Both of those other players accomplished this feat last season. And as of June 20th, she is now the third player to do that. I also love Alyssa Thomas because from what I hear, even though you look at her in the court and she's probably one of the most competitive people you will ever see on the court, I also hear that she is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. And so it was interesting because on Twitter, you know, someone screenshot the stat sheet and was just kind of like, oh, for for 40 minutes of play, I would have expected more from her. But I think people don't understand just how difficult it is to not only get a triple-double in the WBA because we're playing eight less minutes than the NBA, but also how talented you have to be to literally be able to do it all. Like, she's scoring she's rebounding she's facilitating and she's doing it all in just 40 minutes of play and so when we're thinking about the keys to success in this new era that is going to be unfortunately without Brianna Jones we have to think about players like Alyssa Thomas and how essential they are to teams like the Connecticut Sun that are going through these huge losses um, because she's going to be the glue. I think along with Dewana Bonner, I think they make such a great pairing together in Connecticut. They are going to be the glue that holds this team together and really leads this team, you know, through the playoffs. And we'll see what happens at the end of the playoffs. But I think that in order for them to have a shot, Alyssa Thomas is one of those players that has to remain healthy. And maybe that's part of the reason why she doesn't want the surgery because she knows that, you know, I'm so important and not in a cocky way, but I'm such an integral part of the Connecticut Sun. And they have been every year inching their way closer and closer to winning a ring that, you know, maybe this year will be the year. And she doesn't want to miss that opportunity to be with her team, especially when she's having, you know, games like this. 
I agree with you. What a great pick, first of all. You know I love me some AT. I mean, we talked about her a little earlier in the episode. And also, I think she's kind of like, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And like you said, they need her out there, and she knows she's needed. She knows the presence that she brings. She knows the aggression. She knows the stamina. She knows the pace that she keeps for the team. She's a huge, huge asset, and she's one of those big vets on that team that really makes them go and keeps them keeps them as one of those big content, uh, contenders in the playoffs and a lot of times in the finals. So I think once she gets that ring, maybe she'll go, okay, all right, I'll get the surgeries. But I, I think she wants to get one more, like you know, get that one under her under her belt because she's like, you know, why why not? Like, why not? I'm doing all of this. I'm working hard. It's working for me. I've already learned how to shoot, even though I can't put my arms above my, my chin. You know, she's got that interesting shot now because of her, um, you know, her tour and late labrums right so yeah i mean it's it's freaking amazing i can't even i can't even really put into words how impressive she is because like you said she's playing through all that pain and every night she gives her all and a lot of times you might not think that she's like this super sweet person because of like all of her facial expressions (laughs) after every call or every like and one but uh, she is a really cool person. Like just from just the interviews that I've that we've been able to like watch, uh, she's really sweet and and she's a great player. So I, I want her to like win in every aspect, and I really hope that she, like you said, can rally together with Dewana Bonner and they can really push that team. Also, Letitia Heidemann, she's out here really becoming a leader as well. So I think they have such a, a family unit over there in in Connecticut. That they'll they'll pull through they'll pull through it but I just like we said as long as they stay healthy I think they'll be still a big contender uh, later on in the season when it comes playoff time. I think it's also funny to note that a lot of the commentators uh, during the game they call Alyssa Thomas the Energizer Bunny because <laughs> she doesn't like to be out of the game you know and. So when you're talking 40 minutes, it's not 40 minutes because they have nobody else on the roster. It's 40 minutes because she's one of those players that just seemingly never gets tired. Like she may look tired, but she's like, no, I'm good. And and the coach is like, (laughs) right. The coach is like, you do you need to sit down? No, I'm good. I'm straight. I'll let you know when I'm ready to sit down (laughs) and she'll sit down for like 60 seconds. And she's like, okay, I'm back. I'm ready to go again. She's got so much energy and so much heart. And I appreciate that anytime I watch Connecticut play or I watch Alyssa Thomas play, she's giving her all, you know, she never comes in and plays lazy. She never comes in and looks tired. She never comes in and looks defeated. She always plays at 100% from the time the buzzer goes off at the beginning of the game to the clock says zero seconds. Like, she has no chill, ever. Energizer bunny, there we go. Yeah, you're right. She, I mean, and that woman can sweat, okay? I've been looking at the sweat just dripping off her face, but, you know, she's so, she's again, she's a well-oiled machine. She, it's that hustle. 
it's that hustle. She has insane endurance. You know, like, you know, she might see her huff and puff, but she just needs a little breather and then she'll she'll get back at you on the other end. And one thing about her, she doesn't give up on plays. Like, talk about if they had like hustle hustler or hustler of the of the year, she would win it, I feel like, every time. <laughs> because the way that she she goes after these um boards off offensively and defensively and let's not forget she's not the tallest one down low like she's not a super tall forward and a post player and she she still gives you that energy like a huge big like she she looks like she's six she's about the one of bonner's height but she's not and she's still so effective and playing with injured shoulders like come on man like get at her you can't i think sometimes when people play against her they're almost in awe of the fact that she's like out there doing the thing and sometimes i feel like they don't even like contest her shot that much because i'm like okay let's be real that shot is a shot that can be blocked (laughs) but because she's just you just got you gotta have respect for at you know and like the way that she frees herself up and gets that little shot like from the corner of the foul line extended She's so she's so money all the time, and and I'm I'm really hoping I'm rooted for the Connecticut, even though you know the Aces are my team. I'm rooting for them to to stay you know healthy and really get through this season without without Bree Jones. But super good pick, Sam. I love that pick. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, we want to know who your breakout stars are, so you should follow us on Instagram. Where can they find us? They can find us at beyond the bleachers underscore, please. Again, first of all, you got to like, you got to comment, put those ratings on Apple. You know, we really write us something cute, you know, write us a nice little review y'all. And also hit us up in the DMs because again, remember we have giveaways coming up. So you don't want to miss out on that. So like comment, shoot, keep the conversation going, shoot us a DM and, and make sure you're in there for when those, when the, when those, uh, those giveaways come out and tell everybody tell your friends tell your aunties tell your sisters <laughs> tell the people that even don't tell love basketball <laughs> <laughs> tell people that even think they don't like women's basketball because you love two young women that love basketball and love talking about basketball exactly support black podcast too black and latinx podcast just saying <laughs> June well, that about happen, y'all. well that about wraps up today's episode so nice talking to you jocelyn as always and and i will catch you in the next one catch you on the next one Bye. bye